Welcome to the Patriarchy Podcast, a podcast that offers a simple, sociable, and structured way to dismantle the patriarchy. There is a mask that men, in particular black men, wear in the world to be safe in public spaces. This mask does not cry, it does not get mad, it does not feel pain, it does not get hurt. It does, however, have the right to exert authority or control. This mask has the right at times to violate others if it does not get the, what they want. Ooh, okay. The mask we speak of is toxic and fragile masculinity. So today I am joined by my three amazing, inspiring, at times um, problematic gents, Bongani, Tami, and Boitamelo. And the first question I'd like to ask you is, what is your definition of being a man? Can I just ask, was that, was that ranking in like the a ranking of problematicness? Like, I'm <laughs> the West and then the <laughs> man is anything new. Oh, man. I rebuked that. When I, <laughs> I rebuked yeah. that. No, I think I'll, I'll start with the definition. Um, yeah. it's, it's so weird because I think in the, in the 21st century, especially over the last five years, for us 90s millennial um, uh, men, and in particular black men, it's been up in the air, man. Like we, the last mm. five years has been a serious, serious redefinition um, and interrogation of everything we've ever been taught about masculinity to a point where I can't pinpoint it down to one thing anymore mm-hmm. because I, 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 what I can describe it as is a paradigm, a set of paradigms, you know, that different men um, buy into and myself, Dumi and Tami um, belong to the paradigm that is trying to unlearn because in many instances, I think you're correct in your introduction to say we, we're still problematic in a sense Absolutely. that there, there are many aspects mm-hmm. of our personalities and characters and interests and discussions that are still um, problematic that we still have to unlearn. So the way that I describe it is it's, it's a paradigm that we're entering into um, and we're yet to really define what um, a man in the 21st century is, you know, what he ought to do, how he ought to think, how he ought to feel. Um, but it definitely has to be um, an interrogation. It has to start there before it is a stock solid thing because for so many years in our lives we were taught that it's a defined thing mm. and can i add on to that i think also um especially for people who are who who are aware of the harms um that that flow from patriarchy right and that flow from toxic masculinity um where i think yeah, I agree with you. We, we struggle to, to, to strictly define in, you know, set parameters what patriarchy is. So what we can, or what, sorry, what masculinity is. Um, so what we do is we frame it in the negative, right? Because all we know is what we don't want it to be or what we don't want to form part of our masculinity, right? So I think, mm. um, yeah, I, I think we, we frame it in the negative in that my masculinity isn't about this it isn't about this it shouldn't be about this it isn't about this and, and i think it, 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 it's cool in that um it, it provides us the benefits to to and, and the freedom right to exclude harmful things from um how we define our manhood but also i think that part of the, a, a large component of the discussion needs to be exactly answering Candace's question, what is manhood? 
you know. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah for, for, I mean, from my side, I, I really I, I agree with the gents in the sense that, like, <clears throat> I think we're yet to come to something much more definitive, but I think I, I can say something, I guess, aspirational in that sense. I think being a man mm. is being a partner. Mm. That's what at least it ought to be. It ought to be a partner. And a partner in partnership with women, in partnership mm. with um, you know, a- other genders in the spectrum, um, and in equal partnership. Because partnership does uh, necessitate equality between the two. I think that's where we need to be striving towards. And there are so many things that... Um, that we've taken on over our period of socialization, gener- over many a generation, mm. um, you know, that totally need to be, um, what's the, unlearned so we can even come to a place where partnership is possible. Mm. But I think that's what, that's, what a, that's what a man should be. A man should be a partner. And at some point, I hope my kids, or man, maybe even their kids will speak about, um, you know, them being partners with any other um, gender in the spectrum. Mm. That's such an interesting question. I think every time you ask or a young adult and you ask him, what, how do you understand a man? What does it mean to be a man? They just like, it takes them a long time to construct a sentence because they, they're, sources in which they try to gauge where they should be a man is sort of like pop culture and uh sort of things that we consume in terms of content um and it's just it's always so problematic in that we look at external things and never internal things to say this is how i define myself to be a man and i think when boy tomelo said i mean i raised my eyebrow when boy tomelo said we have men have freedom to express their masculinity my question then is that in as much as you do so, do you not feel like you're ever met with violence if you sort of practice a different form of masculinity? I think of masculine drag queens who are, you know, just practicing this art and yet they still receive some form of violence in the form of negative comments or at the time maybe harassment because although they identify as masculine, they're still acting out as a drag queen. So how do we see this freedom? Sure. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think, yeah, they, 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 there's definitely backlash that comes with redefining it, right? Which is why um, redefining it in a lot of instances means um, relinquishing certain privileges. But I think the one salient overarching privilege is that, you know, who I am is, is, is something I can take, you know what I mean? Like I can, I can, I don't know, it, it's, it comes with concessions, obviously. Um, but I, I still think that we have a lot more freedom to self-define, um, than like, you know, other genders yeah. and people who, 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 you know, who identify differently would have. So yeah, definitely it comes from, it comes, it comes with a lot of backlash from, from, from men. Um, but yeah, it's far more freedom than other people have in that journey of self-definition. Um, so, so, yeah, I think if we look at it relatively, then it is more freedom. And I mean, Bongani, you're someone who I know who loves to express his, you know, masculinity um, in a very free way. 
and I'm assuming maybe through the years that I've known you, you've probably experienced some problematic gents who have been like, whoa, dude, this is not the way you're, you're meant to act. Like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> listening to Donna, is it, who's it, Dolly Parton? Like, Madonna. Yeah, do, do, do gents listen to Madonna? Do gents listen to like, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, for me, it's, it's very odd, man. They, they, I think there are two things that are played on my side. Um, so, so the first is that I'm, I'm six foot four, right? So <laughs> at one point nine, four meters, very yes. few men uh, try to, uh, um, I've never experienced bullying, for example, like physical bullying in school. I've never experienced it in the real world either. Um, maybe it's because of my height or charisma. I'm not sure what it is. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I, I'd be lying if I said I've ever experienced visceral um, pushback. But the second thing definitely has to do with the way that I was raised. Um, I mean, I was raised in a home where if you look at the music, well, I'll start with music, as you mentioned, like the music that I listen to um, isn't gendered, for example. It's just about what's a good song, who's making great music or who made great music. And that's it. And that's because my dad um, introduced me to Madonna. My dad introduced me to Britney Spears. My dad introduced me to Westlife, as well as introducing me to Queen and Alton John and all these other more masculine musicians. So I, already I grew up in a home where, because those parameters weren't set, by the time I got out into the real world and started encountering those parameters, it felt like everyone else was weird. And so I was just being myself based off of how I was raised. It was an extension of what my family was like. Um, And I'm incredibly blessed to have had a family that was that free without those weird parameters. Like you can't listen to this, you can't like that, blah, blah, blah. However, when, when, you know, when I started meeting more and more people who who maybe grew up differently to the way that I did, particularly in university and after university, Mm. I found myself building friendships and relationships. Um, I, I have experienced it in relationships before where, you know, a partner would be like, wait, do you really like that stuff? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, mm. I do. Like, generally, I'm like, yeah, I, yeah, I do. I, I, I love Madonna. <laughs> like, what's, what's the chat? And so that was the first time I sort of started experiencing that pushback. And that was the first time I was made to feel weird for those things. And um, luckily, it came at a point where I was already self-aware and enough of an adult to accept that this is who I am. Um, but I'm pretty sure if I'd experienced it at a younger age, I would have had a lot more trauma. But right now, I can honestly and, and gladly say I don't have any trauma as a result of that. Okay. Yeah. okay. I, I think, if I, can, I, can I just, can I, can I do a thing? I think mm-hmm. that gave me like the ability to articulate a proper response to cancer's question. And I think yeah. it's not so much, I agree with you, we definitely don't give each other the freedom to, to, to redefine and reconceptualize what our own masculinity provides us. But like Bohani said, he's 99 foot something. And I think, I think sometimes, yeah, I think the threat, the, the, even, even if a person decides to, to, to define their masculinity in non-violent ways, there's still the constant threat that if you say, Chief, no, men don't do that, I might yeah. hurt you, you know? And I think, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, because I think we had this conversation, I can't remember when, two months, three months ago, Bongani, when you mentioned how your um, nephew was um, was really in love with, was it Peppa Pig or... Um, um, who's this? Vampirina and Sophia the First. Yes. And then, you know, yeah. 
thing about what happened when he was assimilated into um, school and he, he noticed that, you know, his male friends weren't watching Sophia the first. So now he's all of a sudden trying to push back from that and he doesn't want to do it anymore. Mm. And I think, mm. I think the, 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 the key integral thing that you're mentioning there is just knowing thyself and knowing that, Hey, I can like Sophia the first. I can like, but yeah. still be a man, you know? So yeah. I think the question I also want to ask uh, Tammy is, and this is probably a very deep question for all of you, but how do you become a man of value? Because if you had to teach young yeah. boys and, and standing true to themselves and, and, and saying you can listen to whoever you want to listen to and, and, and watch whoever you want to watch and you're still a man, like how do you, how do you determine that in, in a tangible aspect? Yeah. Uh, look, sorry for the delay there. I had to sort out something with my son. Um, but like, I think the first thing I, I, I'd have to say before I even like kind of give a direct answer is that I think what causes that, um, Candace is, you know, it's just a deep suspicion, um, and even sometimes hatred of femininity, not just, you know, um, you know, a suspicion and hatred of women, but also a suspicion of femininity because anything associated with femininity is associated with absolute inferiority. Mm. And so, you know, and that is why we, we find ourselves in a position where we are very, very strict with the lines that we cross between boys and girls insofar as, um, you know, how they can express themselves insofar as what they, what they are allowed to embrace and what they are not allowed to embrace you know, and we find ourselves in a situation where we literally raise boys in silos of, ma- of, 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 of manhood. Mm-hmm. That by the time they come to a place where they can cognitively define what masculinity and manhood means for themselves, it's been defined in this, um, in this echo chamber um, that's so vacuous as well. At the same time, like such a terrible dichotomy. Um, you know, and, that's, and I think that's just the problem. And I think how do you become a man of value? Or, you, or I, I think it's just about like, you have to model this behavior. I mean, I was just thinking to myself, for example, um, I think someone had commented on cause what I, what I, what I do. Like, I think one of my biggest, my big lang- love languages is words of affirmation. And when I, when I like, you know, uh, wish my, the people I love happy birthday, it's a, it's a big, big deal. Um, and I go into, you know, how much I love um, the person that I'm wishing happy birthday to, even if it's a man, right? Mm. Um, even if it's through me, even if it's Bongani, it's expressed with the same amount of um, just passion, love, words you know what i mean and 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 i think just someone said maybe to me in private on some yo dude it's amazing that you're able to do that etc and i thought to myself that's exactly what we need to be doing we need to be demonstrating a new culture and a new way of thinking that it's okay to say to my male best friend and declare in public that i love him with all of my heart because that's actually how i feel it's not like you know what i mean like it's not even like fake not 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 trying to front i'm not yeah. trying to be in with the culture i could give a fuck about the culture i'm trying to define something new you see what i'm saying yeah. so 
Um, and I think that's it. It's just about demonstrating it because once you continuously um, come onto a, a journey where you're demonstrating, you know, just a, a full humanness, because that's all you need to be demonstrating, really. You just need to be demonstrating the complexity of yourself. Once you come yeah, to that yeah. place, you know, you even have the world to hold you accountable for the standard that you set for how you show up. Right. And so I think men are just scared of that, um, that weight of responsibility because it is easy to be like, you know, like just, just, just to remain within these boxed definitions of manhood because it's whatever. Mm. It's easy just mm. to uh, behave like that in public, but you're dying in the inside as you're doing it. So mm. screw it, man. Just be human. Just be, just, mm. just be complex. Just be who you are. That's all we're yeah. asking for. That's what we mean by being a man is partnership as opposed to it being anything else, I feel. Mm. Yeah. Bongani, I'm curious to know, like, like what Tammy mentions about humanness and loving and just, just for the banter, like, do you like being the big spoon or small spoon? And do you... <laughs> Can he physically be the small spoon, though? You know? <laughs> Is the gents... I feel like we need to normalize, like, platonic intimacy within gents as well, right? Mm. So there's no thing of... <laughs> Where Tamela tells you, man, you look good today. And then he has yeah. to be homo. You know, like masculine. <laughs> yeah, those quirks. Masculine. Yeah. Like, so yeah. we need to normalize that platonic in- intimacy. I agree. Yeah. Mm. It's, it's interesting that you mentioned that because while Tammy was talking about um, friendships among men, for example, I was just thinking about the effects that um, pop culture um, has had <clears throat> on us, especially millennial men who grew up on a lot of hip-hop, who grew up on the boondogs, who grew up on just that very hyper-masculine uh, um, um, culture that hip-hop brought with it. If you grew up in, in an urban area as a black uh, man in, in the 2000s or the 90s, chances are you're much closer to being an American millennial than you are to being mm. African in, in any regard, right? Mm-hmm. So, so we, we modeled ourselves after our favorite rappers after the boondogs i mean no homo and pause um with things that we said up until 2014 which is not that long ago if you think about it so it's very weird how that exported culture defined and even like a, a different i'm not saying that we're more toxic than our father's generation like our predecessors but in a way we're a lot more toxic because there's something that was pointed out to me a couple of years back that I found so weird. I'd never observed it before, but when I started observing it, I was like, holy crap, this is a real thing. So one of my former teachers once pointed out that older black men don't mind holding each other's hands in public, right? Mm-hmm. And when he pointed that out, I was like, no, no, we don't do that. What? That's Where'd you get fair. that from? Right? Yeah. And, and, and I denied it viscerally. I was like, black men don't hold each other's hands in public. And then I remember going back to Limpopo over December to visit my family. And everywhere I looked, all the black men were walking around holding each other's hands, like best friends, like childhood best friends, mm. whether they were drunk or sober. I don't know what was going on. But the, even when they were sober, actually, they were holding each other's hands. And so that's when it hit me that, like, you know, and again, bear in mind, this generation is pretty patriarchal, misogynistic, homophobic, all of those things. However, there's a, there's a brand of masculinity that was never exported to them, that was exported to us. 
And so that's why I say masculinity is this weird paradigm where that generation, for all intents and purposes, is very patriarchal, very misogynistic and toxic. However, holding hands isn't a, a huge issue. Whereas with our generation, we tend to understand, because we're still misogynistic and patriarchal, we tend to understand those issues a lot more, but we would never hold each other's hands in public, right? Mm. So, so it's this weird thing where like, you know, and that's why what Tammy's saying is so important because what we're now trying to do, we're trying to take all the good, mix it up and take away all the bad and take that out. So by saying, I love you um, um, to, your ma- to your friend who's a man, that's one barrier broken down which we don't deserve credit for. It's just something we should be doing as human beings. The next step mm-hmm. then um, is, is showing each other that affection, as you said, right? Um, at some point, like holding each other's hands, like we, I mean, again, when I saw it the first time, I laughed. I was like, what's going on? But then after a while, I started to realize that's what an unfitted, um, intimate relationship between like two men who are friends looks like in a different paradigm. So it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's weird, man. It's like, just all of these brands that exist and but all of us in our little silos urban millennial black men rural black men township black men all have something that's right and something that's really wrong and we just have to sit down and put all the right together and uh, yeah so that i know it was a bit long-winded but those are just some observations that i made about the different brands of masculinity and the good and the bad that exist in all those brands so are you a big spoon or small spoon? <laughs> Observed. By virtue of being six, six foot four, I'm a big spoon. <laughs> but, oh, being um, small spoon probably feels like you have an insect on your bag. That's the biggest problem. Like nothing other than the fact that it feels like a mosquito's on my bag. <laughs> oh, I feel like big spoons deserve small spoon energy as well. Like, <laughs> and I think the should also be like dude you want to be cuddled today let's just cuddle <laughs> like even i think what sucks about being tall is that like even being hugged dude like when you're hugging your friends i've never gotten like a good neck hug you i'm know? never it's... hugging you again yeah, no, no, I... exactly just <laughs> it, it just it practically doesn't make sense it like, doesn't it, work it, that's my new thing. You know when I when when my nose is in your belly button now it's just like, it's, 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 it's like it needs to be like a, a mid like a mid air high five, like mid like not high five, not low yeah. five, just mid five. And all my hugs and, and embraces are just it's sad. Candace, it's sad. Even if I wanted to be the small spoon, I wouldn't. I, I couldn't. I think you could. Mm. I think you could. And that is our ad break. Uh, back to regular per- <laughs> <laughs> uh boy to me ask you a question um to be honest let me be frank with you when i when i uh first met you i honestly thought you were like the biggest fuck boy um that had roamed i think i was no (laughs) i I might have been wore tank top showed his nipples wore uh drove an audi very maliciously my my mother's (laughs) <laughs> my feminine mothers <laughs> I think one thing that I appreciate about you in particular is that you are literally this person where you don't judge a book by its cover you are honestly like the cutest teddy bear I've ever come across with the biggest muscles you know so I want to I personally want to know what defines masculinity and what does masculinity mean to you the cuddly teddy bear 
with muscles driving an Audi and looking like a fuckboy? <laughs> sure. Um, I mean, I think, I think, I think that's, I think the whole what defines masculinity thing, like I said earlier, is like a two-part question, right? Like, what is masculinity objectively? And what is, like you said, what does it mean to me? I think, like, in the context of, of um, platonic intimacy, for instance, like we're speaking about now, I think a, a, another thing that, in, like, sort of in, in defining masculinity, another reason it's almost, it's impossible for men or men find it impossible to be intimate with their, you know, in, in platonic relationships. It's just because we, we have, I think we have a deep distrust of each other and we're all hyper aware of each other's ability to violate, violate you based on your vulnerabilities, right? So we don't want to be vulnerable with one another because masculinity is about, in the objective sense, right? Masculinity is about um, taking advantage of people's vulnerabilities and violating them on that basis, you know? Um, so, if, yeah, if we're talking about how masculinity is objectively defined, then it's all bad things, you know? <laughs> like, it's just terrible, terrible things. Um, I, think how, I think how I define masculinity is just, it's, you know, you know when, 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 when Tammy was speaking about how he like how he just freely expresses love right um i'm a person who loves a lot and i, I think i love quite hard um i've chosen to 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 define my masculinity in, in, in a similar way right in in giving myself the freedom to express love when i feel it um in trying to do as little harm as possible um and in I think I think also like acknowledging the privileges that 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 are afforded to me, um, trying to use those privileges to change things about the world that you don't like, right? Um, so yeah, like I said, I can I can I can frame masculinity in negatives until the cows come home, but they never come home. Um, but I think I think if if, if, it's, if I'm talking about how how yeah how I how I, how I conceive of my masculinity it's just like it's it's vulnerability right it's it's the ability to be vulnerable um and the freedom to express vulnerability and affection and love um and just yeah just it's it's it, it should be about being who you are in your heart without imposing any harm on other people and people around you yeah. And I, I, I wish that's what it was about, objective, in the objective sense. To add that you can eat any phallic object in public. So, bananas. I love bananas. <laughs> eat, it, eat it freely, you know, without... Let me tell you something. I will, I will, I will, I'll, I'll eat a banana in two bites, right? Put half <laughs> in and then bite and then chew and swallow. I'm a I'm a I'm a two bite banana eater just because I like to get it done. You know, you gotta get shit done. I I think scientifically that's um that's a choke hazard, but okay. It might be unless you've got a deep throat canvas. <laughs> <laughs> but those but those, those with organic bananas already. No, it is. Uh, <laughs> so it is what it is. 
we'll just yeah we'll make that a note to uh edit the deep throat thing out (laughs) (laughs) so okay so just as a as a as a final question because we do get a lot of young male listeners who are you know navigating themselves and their identity and i think you know we've we've made a lot of discussions about what masculinity is and what it could be the potential it could be but i think we need Mm. to like outrightly mention what toxic masculinity is and why you shouldn't be toxic um and perhaps maybe just stemming from examples that you've personally been toxic um bongani and i had a very beautiful moment two weeks ago um i was watching your what, what do i call it your facebook live um and it just it just it made me like think back to moments during the matrix days when you know sometimes the gents would say things that were problematic and i was just like i don't know how he's going to receive this i don't know if he's going to hate me but let me just tell him either way um and Mm. in unlearning that toxicness uh, toxicity it's so important to always just be receptive to the feedback and 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 wanting to grow and wanting to learn and and, then making and making a way that you've made a mistake and you're not going to do it again Mm. so yeah, like, how do we understand toxic masculinity? And I think when people understand it, they see it as, like, the most toxic form is that you beat someone. But toxic masculinity mm. can happen in the most covert ways, you know? Just the way you mm. say how someone looks can lead to anxiety in the person in, in future years. So, yeah, let's yeah. chat about that. Mm. Look, um, <laughs> tell me. I, yeah, man, I think from my side, ish, Candace, Everything just goes back to, um, I think, the definition of, of patriarchy or the definition of, miso- and the definition of misogyny. Mm-hmm. You know, patriarchy being this um, overarching system that men in particular buy into where men believe that they are superior um, to women, uh, especially in a world where there is, assumed, uh, there is an assumed uh, just stock gender binary one and two misogyny is um a deep suspicion and even hatred of women so so there are those um like fundamental concepts that we need to understand that are embedded almost in the dna of men and in the way that we socialize we are socialized ourselves how does that manifest in every then we ask ourselves how does it manifest in everyday circumstances in everyday living you know, like you're saying, it is in the, because, because it comes from a deep suspicion of women and suspicion of anything and everything that is feminine, toxic masculinity is guarding against anything that is feminine and woman-related in, in that stock definitional way. Anything that is that, anything that, that's, that, an act that serves to protect the system is an act from toxic masculinity. For example, um, you know, the, the thing that you said earlier where I'm like, actually, bro, I love you. No homo. I don't eat ice cream in public, dog. I don't eat ice cream. I, I only eat McFlurries. I don't eat like cone soft serve ice creams. Cause you know, I'm, I ain't trying to, you feel me. You know what it looks like. Blah blah blah. Mm. This this like they're, 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 all of those things are there. Like they are so they are so colorful and there are very many of them. And then it comes into even the the the, the relationships that we have with partners, like like the, the like the women that we are actually 
dating our mothers and everyone like in in that field where we feel like we have to protect our power in that relationship because back to patriarchy it assumes that a man is superior to a woman therefore thereby meaning that we have more power see what i'm saying so any action that serves to 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 just protect that system and protect that system in the moment and to allow men to be who they want to be and disallow women from being who they ought to be is toxic masculinity. There's just so many of these things, you feel me? Um, and, and, and I think that's why learning and unlearning this, the, our, our soon to be podcast and, mm-hmm. and uh, multimedia extravaganza it? movement thing like um that's why it's important for us to always um come like bring our own stories on the table mm. because we ain't we we're not out here preaching you know we're not out here like standing on a holy pedestal we are trash it begins with that and i think it, you know, that, that movement, Men Are Trash, was so important because it was for the first time I got to ask myself the question, am I trash? Th- mm-hmm. Therefore, meaning, am I sexist? Like, what about, you know, th- then asking myself those questions, blah, 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 and saying, yeah, actually, sh- yeah, most definitely. Yeah, and this is what I need to unlearn. So that's why it's important for us, even in the, in, in the channel, to speak about our stories, to mention when I've been trashed to my wife, uh, when I've been trashed to the people around the matrix, um, women that I've interacted with, things I've said on Facebook. Oh my God. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Memor- as, those memories. Yo, as a teenager. Yo, from a, yo, and as a, yo. not even as a teenager, in third year. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, th- and third year's fees must fall. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know, so ish. So that that's that's just. I think that's yeah. We just need to take it back to the definition, and then take it from there. Frangani. Mm. Um. So for me, I think it's 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 a number of things. I'll start with uh, my own anecdotes. Um. Th- I was first made aware of toxic masculinity, very. I wouldn't say very late, at the same time as everyone else, I guess, around about 2015 when South African universities were hyper-politicized. Um, but for a very long time in my life, I lived under the illusion that because I was a quote-unquote nice guy, um, I couldn't possibly have espoused any of those toxic masculine traits. Um, because throughout our lives, we're taught about, um, I think, chivalry, right? So throughout my life, I learned to espouse chivalry and being a gentleman. Um, but the problem with chivalry is that it, it, it's, very, it's still very favorable to men. Like it makes you a quote-unquote protector of women. It makes you a gentleman, but it also gives, gives you quite a bit of room um, for really toxic banter, right? Especially in spaces where you feel like no one will hold you accountable. Um, so using the example, the conversation that you and I had a few weeks ago um, at the Matrix a couple of years back, um, in the group, I always saw myself as the nice guy, but I'd always make comments about women's bodies all the time, including women that I'm very good or that I was very good friends with at the time. Um, I'd always make comments about their body. I'd make comments about the things that they liked or the friends that they brought over, all of those things. Because after a while, I started feeling like 
well, I, you know, because I'm relatively the nicest guy, quote unquote, there's very little accountability. No one's ever going to look at me and say, I think Bongani is trash. Mm -hmm. And so I agree with Tammy, when Men Are Trash came along, it made even the guys who thought that they were the good guys really start questioning themselves. And I realized that my biggest problem in particular is that where, where there was no oversight or no accountability, I tended to be ratchet and really rogue. So mm. for example, the mm. comments that I made about women in front of other women and in front of my closest friends are comments that I never would have made in front of my mentor, who at the time would have been heartbroken if he heard that behind his back, I was making comments. Because my mentor at the time, you know, he, he was definitely a, a man's man, like a patriarch in, in some regards, but he was a gentleman in a sense that there's some things you don't say about women. So it's that weird balance. And so, but, but because he wasn't around <laughs> and no one was going to keep me accountable, that, that lack of integrity meant that I felt I could get away with making fun of a woman for having a small bum, for example. It made me feel like I could get away with all of these things. So I think toxic masculinity, it, it, it also, it, it's, um, it's a demonstration of a lack of integrity in many instances, especially with guys who mm. think that they're good guys. Um, because I promise you, there are some rooms and some spaces where they would never say the things that they would say, and I'm speaking from personal experience, and there are some spaces where they would say the things that they said. Um, so for me, yeah, that's the big thing with toxic masculinity is that um, lack of accountability and feeling like you can get away with it and then doing it because you feel like you can get away with it. Huge, huge part of, of the way that we behave um, around women and, and around other people. So that's been my personal experience, I think. Mm. And to me? Yeah, mm. um, yeah like... I think the, 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 the thing about toxic masculinity and just masculinity in general is all the rules it comes with, right? Um, yeah. So I think when you find yourself espous espousing toxic masculine values, you find yourself policing your behavior constantly, right? So like you, 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 you uphold the standard of what masculinity is. But I think the, the, the toxicity, I mean, the toxicity is sort of obvious, but I think it becomes a real issue when you realize just how flimsy, how flimsy those rules are, right? And how, how impossible mm. it is to adhere to all of them, right? So like you said, you're no longer, your, your, your masculinity comes into question when you're eating a banana or your masculinity comes into question when you don't treat women like consumables or you, you know what I mean? And I think, I think for, and I, I, I think another, another component of it is just, the selfishness of the food, right? Because you can just behave the way you behave without sort of having to contend with the, the consequences of the harm you're imposing on other people. So in my, yeah. in, in my experience and sort of coming to, coming to terms with um, the toxicity in my own behavior, I think I first became aware of how my own behavior was toxic when it impacted me negatively, not when I realized it was impacting the people around me negatively. Because you said before, I was a fat boy, right? Mm -hmm. Used to show his nipples everywhere. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and 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 in and in that in that thing of treating women like consumables, it it didn't the the toxicity of my behavior didn't occur to me then. It occurred to me when I realized that um, I, I I was I was going to gym and working out not because I wanted to go to gym to work out, but because it was one of the rules that came with being masculine, right? Because I had to be a large, strong person in order to 
you know, fit that mold. Um, and when it only when it started to feel oppressive and tiring and 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 bothersome, right? Did I did I begin to contend with the idea that like maybe this is harmful, not just to the like you know everyone, but specifically to me. And it's really messed up that that's what catalyzed my journey and I'm learning the toxicity in my behaviors, right? The extent to which I didn't want to contend with them anymore, not because they were harmful to other people, but just because it's tiring. Have, I like the yeah. bananas. And, and my, 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 my natural set point is like 51 kilograms. And I'm actually naturally a very tiny person. And I've got a squeaky voice. And I really <laughs> love people, right? Like I, I want yeah. to be able to do all of those things freely. Um, but yeah, it, it, it didn't come from an understanding that my actions were harmful at all. Um, mm. And I think, I think anybody who is um, sort of undertaking the journey to, to, to unlearn their behaviors, I think we must put it plainly that there are a lot of incentives to unlearning, you know, toxic behaviors, right? Just because we're also casualties of patriarchy. It's not good for anyone. Yeah, um, but, absolutely. But also, it's it's it, it's it's so unhealthy. It gives you like high blood pressure and all of those things. Mm. But I also think that in that we also need to be cognizant in that journey about the harm that our behaviors impose on people. So I'm not sure if I've answered your question because I couldn't remember what it was. But um, <laughs> what is toxic masculinism? Oh, <laughs> masculine masculinism. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. It, it, it's just it's rules. It's just really mm. cumbersome, impossible to follow, just hilariously stupid and fragile rules, right? Yeah. And if you break one of them, I'm not sure what you are. You know, like one of them, just one yeah. of them, everything falls into question. Yeah. Mm. And I just want to add a very, very brief point. Sorry, uh, Candice. Like. Dumi pointed out something so poignant about toxic masculinity. It's incredibly... Hey? Oh, it's incredibly tiring. Like, masculinity is so... Like, even two cishet gendered men, it's the most tiring experience. And I'm not centering our experience of tiredness as being, you know, because we're obviously not the worst victims of of patriarchy but even in our little bubbles it's so vexing and so tiring when your entire life is a performance like it's incredibly incredibly tiring when your whole life is a performance and when i say tiring i'm not just saying like figuratively tiring um but when when something taxes your your mind it also starts to affect your body in certain ways as well because that's just how chemicals Mm. and hormones work right it's it's just it, it, it gets to a point where, like I said, I, I've been blessed to have really, really great me, uh, friends who are men um, over the last couple of years who generally recalibrate masculinity. But I have had experiences where I have male acquaintances where whenever I go around them, I immediately have to start performing. Like immediately as I enter the circle, the show starts. And when the show starts, it's so, you literally get headaches, like tension your body itches, um, which, you know, later on I learned was actually anxiety, right? <laughs> Mental health, you know, 
it's incredibly tiring when you have to put on that performance your entire life. I think it also starts to affect your romantic relationships quite negatively um, because when you start blurring who you are in front of the guys and who you are with your family and who you are with your partner, and if you mold yourself around that toxic masculine mold, uh, your whole life is a tiresome, vexing performance. And I think it's just not, if there are any men, if you're 21 years old, 20 years old, you're coming of age, you were, we were, uh, in 2015 stop now like literally liberate yourself right now because you'll never get those years back of hanging out with all of those losers who want you to perform and want you to be something that you're not you will literally never ever get back those years of happiness um and and you you're you're, you're, you're so blessed to live in the 21st century where as a man you have those options to hang out with other men who um can allow you to be as free as you want to be but yeah it's tiring just, you know, if you have the option, don't buy into it. Even if you don't have the option, just walk away. Mm, yeah. Yeah. As the Dalai Lama once said, Twada. Twada. Yo, I remember that. He said that to Becky. Oh, wow. <laughs> WHP was there as well. <laughs> I remember. Really. It's a beautiful <laughs> The podcast, um, The Patriarchy, is a show that we did not buy the tickets to. And it's a show that we really just defy the rules um, and just leave the theater. We're tired, all of us. All yeah, yeah. Tired. And on that note, I'd like to thank my lovely, beautiful, inspiring, you know, intimate. I'm adding intimate now. Intimate. Good. And problematic friends. Yeah. Good. I love you. Oh, I'm Louder. I love you. We love you, Candice. Thank you so much for joining the Patriarchy Popcast. And remember, the Patriarchy isn't going to fight itself. We out. Bye. Awesome, guys. Bye-bye. Awesome.